just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, you didn't do a podcast yesterday. And that's true. But there's a good reason for it. And I'll tell you what that reason was. My wife and I and uh, my wife's sister went to a concert that night. Now, normally I'd record between midnight and 1 a.m. And we went to a concert at a casino that's northeast of here about an hour, hour and a half or so. Now, the concert, I don't go to a lot of concerts because there are not many concerts I want to see. But this one, this one I did want to see because it's one of my favorite artists of all time. Boss Gags, you know, Low Down, Lido Shuffle, all of that. And uh, so we went up there. We watched the, uh, the concert. It was great. It was awesome. The weird thing about Boss Gags, though, he's getting old. He's like 78 years old. Still sounds awesome. But his face has changed now that he's older. He was this kind of cool, bluesy jazz guy at one time. And now he kind of looks like Burt Lahr. Now, only the older people who are listening to this podcast will know who I'm talking about when I say Burt Lahr. But if, if you're younger and you don't know, I'll just put it this way. Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz. Now, I'm not trying to put Boss Kags down. He's cool as shit. All his songs are outstanding, and he puts on a great concert. But he's 78 years old, and it's starting to show. <laughs> I'm not bitching about it. It was just kind of weird watching him. I've seen him many times in concert, and he looked dramatically different. Of course, he's older. We went through the pandemic and all this shit. But that's the reason I didn't do the podcast. By the time we got home, it was probably two o'clock in the morning. I was tired. I probably could have sat down and done something, but I was tired and I hadn't prepared anything. So it would be just winging it completely. Now, I could have pulled it off, but I thought, fuck it. I mean, the day before I did three podcasts, what do I got to do? Anyway, that's why I wasn't here yesterday. But we're back. We're starting another week, and things are likely to get crazy. And, of course, uh, we're going to start things off with some emails that I got in the last day or so. This first one comes from a gentleman by the name of Epi. He says, Hello, Mike. I finished hearing your podcast, number 493, and you were speaking about the orangutan not finding good lawyers. And a thought came to mind. Why all these attorneys on Fox go and work for him pro bono since they like him so much and think he has not done anything wrong. I keep enjoying your podcast. Bless you and your family. Epi. Thank you, Epi. Well, you know, it's funny you should bring that up about lawyers on Fox News. His main lawyer, Christina Bob, she is a lawyer. You know, she passed the bar exam. But where he found her was on OAN. She wasn't practicing law. She was a reporter on OAN. Now, you'll notice something about the lawyers that Donald Trump picks these days. He's not good at paying them, so no good lawyers want to work for him. We know that down in Florida, he's been looking at some uh, criminal lawyers to handle his situation in Georgia, but nobody's biting. Nobody's taking it. He's got all these lawyers that are in, in, in real estate law and just things not even associated with the kind of problems he has. But <clears throat> the one thing about these lawyers, uh, at least a few that I've seen, they're all very attractive younger women. So that's how Donald Trump is choosing his lawyers, by looks and by gender. That's not a good move, probably. But Donald Trump has fucked up before and he will continue to fuck up. So um, the folks at Fox News, they're in this for the money. The only reason they sided with Donald Trump is because of the fucking money. They are going to be a lawyer for Donald Trump knowing that they're going to lose for one thing and secondly, that they're not going to get paid. 
If you don't get paid for being a lawyer, it's because you want some notoriety or fame. Well, as far as they're concerned, they're on Fox News. They have enough fame. And all they need to do now is grift money. Unfortunately, Donald Trump doesn't provide any fucking money. All right, this next one comes from Deborah in Southern California. Good morning, Mike. I'm back with one big question. We know that the orange turd nugget is going to be indicted. That's a given. But why do we have to protect him after everything he's done to our country? Who knows what else we'll find out? Can't we just leave him alone in a jail cell and let karma take care of him? It'll cost us much less in the long run, LOL. I feel no longer, he no longer deserves protection from this country. I would love your insights on this. I can't tell you how much I enjoy listening to you in the mornings. Thanks for all you do, Deborah in Southern California. Deborah, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, nobody really knows how this situation would be handled, mainly because no other president has been this fucked up and risked the possibility of being arrested and put in jail. I mean, let's be honest, all the things we're hearing about Donald Trump from helping to mount a coup against our country and then taking documents and no doubt feeding them to adversarial countries or enemy countries. Um, If anybody should be arrested and put in jail, it's that motherfucker, regardless of what his job was prior. But, you know, I don't know the rules altogether. I mean, theoretically, he's supposed to have uh, Secret Service protection 24-7 for the rest of his life. Let's hope that's short. Um, so they put him in jail. Does that mean you put civil or Secret Service people in jail, too? That doesn't really make sense. The one aside a joke that I made about it, I said, well, if you put him in jail, instead of putting Secret Service in there, you could probably just farm the job out and pay some money to the Aryan Nation. I'm sure they'd love that motherfucker in there. Now, the uh, uh, the people of color in jail might have a little problem with Donald Trump. But, I, you know, because of his age and because of the Secret Service and being a former president, I don't see him being put in jail. I really see, if anything, where he's sewed up and not able to do things, it's probably house arrest. Now, uh, a lot of people are, are saying, well, yeah, how big a deal would that be if he's in Mar-a-Lago? Now, hold on a minute. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on in New York and all the lawsuits and all this stuff, in the not-too-distant future, Donald Trump will be broker than he is now. And uh, New York could end up taking away a lot of his properties. I don't know about Mar-a-Lago, if that's tied up. Well, it would have to be tied up in the in the uh, Trump organization. Now, the Trump organization is going on trial. They have been indicted. The CFO, Alan Weisselberg, is going to testify against the company. And since the company is only basically Donald Trump, his kids, and a few other people, of course, this is going to be a problem for Donald Trump. If they disband or tear apart the Trump organization, does that mean they're going to take his properties? I would think it does. If he owes a lot of money that he can't afford, they're going to take the properties. So that said, if he's on house arrest, he probably won't be in Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower. He's going to have no money. So maybe he'll be in an Airstream or a mobile home or some fucking thing. So it won't be quite so pleasant for Donald Trump when he's on house arrest. All right, uh, I had a gentleman, Michael, he sent me a number of emails over uh, over time, and uh, he basically sent me a link, and the essence of the link basically says that people are dead because of Donald Trump, and, you know, he makes a good point. This is another revelation that's come about. Um, it seems like Donald Trump... And we're going to talk more about this as the show goes on, but it seems like Donald Trump... Uh, is taking these documents for whatever reason. But we know that part of it was the listing and the names of our foreign assets, spies who are out in Russia or Saudi Arabia or wherever they're at. 
And here's the weird thing. Back in 2019, there was a report um, in a publication called Salon. You, you've probably seen it. It's, it's not a bad page. But anyway, it said that at that time, Donald Trump had asked to get a list of all our foreign assets, our spies, which seems like a weird request, but they probably said, well, the fucking president wants it. Get it for the fucking president. So we know that happened. Somebody called me out when I did this on TikTok and said, you're just making that up. No, bitch, here's the link. I don't have the link for you here, but check Salon and check check what I just said, and you'll find it. Uh, but it actually happened. That's what he wanted to do. It, what also actually happened was that uh, uh, Donald Trump wanted to sell Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons, but Congress said, fuck no, we ain't going to do that, and Donald Trump wanted to go around Congress somehow. Anyway... When he stole all these documents, it had these names. And this gentleman is saying people are probably dead because of Donald Trump. And I think there's no fucking question that people are dead. The CIA is announcing that uh, there's been an inordinate amount of spies being killed. We just heard about a Russian uh, person accidentally falling off the roof of a building. Yeah, I'm sure that's how it fucking went down. But but anyway, uh, it wouldn't surprise me when you think about it. Initially, I was saying, my God, he's had these, had these documents for um, 19 months after leaving office. How much could he have given out? But then I had kind of an epiphany and I said, well, fuck. I just heard something Stephanie Grisham, who was a communications director for Donald Trump for a time, and this makes me think, 19 months ain't shit. He's probably been doing something with these documents since the moment he came into office. Stephanie Grisham says that when he'd go on trips outside the country, he'd bring boxes of documents with him. Why would you do that? Why would you take them out of the safe um environment of the White House out of skiffs and bring them on a trip on a plane to adversarial or enemy countries like, oh, I don't know, North Korea or or Saudi Arabia. Remember, he went to North Korea and he was best buddies and sent love letters with Kim Jong-un. You remember when he was in Saudi Arabia and he was in that fucking dance with the sabers and shit? Well, apparently he had those boxes of shit with him. So in realistic terms... Donald Trump could be handing out this information for the last six years, not 19 months. That's crazy to imagine, but there are some troubling things going on. And if we know that in these documents there are names and locations of spies, and there's a spate of spies dying, you're absolutely right. Donald Trump could very well be responsible for the deaths of a lot of people, not just a couple of people. We'll talk more about that later in the show. The last email comes from Kevin. He says, sir, I'm an ardent supporter of your insights and I share your thoughts as much as I can. With that said, I want to let you know a little bit about me. I'm almost 61 years old, a widower for almost four years. Serious medical issues, including a brain tumor that will be scanned again on Wednesday. Tired of the bullshit of the Republicans. If I lived in any other state, I would have health coverage. But in Florida, I get squat. I worked my entire life and paid my tax bills. But in the eyes of the Trumplican Descamus, I get nothing. COPD, CHO, type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, high blood pressure, and worst of all, I have a job. And what he means by that is I've got all this going on and I still have to work eight, ten hours a day to survive. And uh, Kevin, I feel for you. I mean, what's happening to you should not be happening into in a country like America. It just fucking shouldn't. You go to anywhere else in this world and you're likely to run into paid medical care. As I've said before, the... Um, the government's, U.S. government's first job is to protect its citizens. Now, they like you to believe it's about terrorism and all that stuff. 
But nobody, there are more people dying of illness in this country and people who can't get um, medications or, or care because they simply can't afford it. The thought of that in this country is absolutely fucking appalling. It's fucking ridiculous. And I feel, especially for Kevin, because you have essentially a criminal as the governor of this state. We can only hope that Charlie Crist beats DeSantis and gets his ass out of there. Because he is a bane on this country. He is a cancer on this country. we got to get the Republicans out of this completely. Kevin, I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I think in this country all health care should be free. For as much as we pay in taxes, that's the bare minimum that the people in this country should get. I think there should be free education too because we have a crisis looming. And that crisis happens to be a lot of fucking dumb people in this country. And unfortunately, some of those dumb people happen to be fucking governors of states like Florida. So as a country, if we want to improve things for us, make our economy better, we should address that crisis before it comes any worse than it fucking already is. I feel for you, Kevin. Um, I hope things get better for you. I hope you feel better. I don't know what to tell you. I hear this story all the time. And, uh, you know, I have my little bitches about my health care and stuff like that, but that's nothing compared to what Kevin's describing. And I'm not bitching because I can't afford it or because I'm not getting the coverage I need. That's not the case. I'm bitching about it because when I, I remember being a younger man, having two kids and a wife and having tried to have health care and trying to afford health care and trying to get coverage and how many times I was dicked around by insurance companies. My irritation isn't about me. It's about those people who are in situations where they have to make a choice. Do I eat? Do I live in my house? Or do I get medication or get care? Again, that should not fucking happen in this country under any fucking circumstances. So, Kevin, I hope all gets better for you. I wish you the best. Um. You know, when we're talking about the Republicans, the Republicans seem to be realizing that they're losing it because they're taking extreme measures in their rhetoric. Just yesterday, there were a couple of occasions where uh, I I believe a representative, Josh Hawley, and Senator Lindsey Graham, who, who you would think has enough problems with having to go testify in Georgia, and maybe becoming a target down there. But both of them have said to the press that if Donald Trump should be indicted and sent to trial and even convicted, they said there would be rioting in the streets. Apparently, there's under some idea that there's enough people out there that are going to riot for the benefit of Donald Trump. That number has dwindled down considerably, down to the base, which is about 30% of this country. But as I've told you before, ain't nobody in that group going to riot. They just aren't because they know they're going to get mowed down. I'd like to see them take 2,000 people and charge toward the Capitol. It's going to be a much different situation with Joe Biden in office and uh, no restraints on the National Guard. If they tried something like that again... They wouldn't last long, and they know it. They're cowards because they're bullies, and they aren't going to do shit. So, Lindsey Graham, I would worry about myself because you got bigger problems than this country has uh, being worried about f- fucking Trumplefucks going out and trying to start a fight. They aren't. Part of me wishes they would, so they took out maybe a thousand of them just to set the tone and make the point to the rest of the idiots that happen to be out there. And fuck Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley's done. His his own state isn't going to vote for him again. He's out of it. He's in trouble. All right. I wanted to bring something up because this struck me, and it's really kind of out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It's kind of out of nowhere. But it, it, it came to me as kind of a comparison that nobody would ever make. 
But I want you to hear me out and think about this. Donald Trump comes on the scene, and he's he's apologist for white supremacist. He's a racist. He's a misogynist. He is a uh, anti-Semite. He's all about violence and all this sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, people come out of nowhere and start supporting this. People we hadn't seen. As I've said before, these people were mostly under their rocks, afraid to poke their head out. But as soon as Donald Trump did what he's done, and when he was president, all of a sudden these people seemed brave and they stepped out and they poked their heads out and said, hey, let's yell and scream. It's okay now to be racist, misogynistic, and anti-Semitic. And it's okay to bully people and threaten people with violence. We're in control now. Finally, we get out under our rocks. Now, we can only hope that at some point when all this dies down, they'll head back under the rocks. They're not going away. They're not going away, but at least they will be out of the equation, out of the narrative. But I was watching a show last night and nothing to do with politics. It was called The Dark Side of Comedy. Again, hear me out on this. First show was about Chris Farley. That was interesting and sad. I love Chris Farley, but it was a sad ending. But the second one reminded me of something. And the second one was about Andrew Dice Clay. And as I'm watching this, I'm saying, God, this looks familiar. And then I realized there's a comparison between Donald Trump and Andrew Dice Clay. Now, in the 90s, Andrew Clay Silverstein was kind of a normal comic, you know, doing the normal stuff. And he wasn't very successful. Then he took on this persona, which isn't really him, but a persona where he wore the leather coat, smoking the cigarette, said racist, homophobic, misogynistic things, talked about violence. And what happened? This guy got to be the biggest comedy star in the world at that point. Everything he did was racist, anti-Semite, misogynistic. But you know what? He was the first, well, one of the first comedians to fill arenas. Like he was one of the first to fill Madison Square Garden. And if you watch some of those shows, some of the videos of the show, it was a lot like a Trump rally because it wasn't just people laughing. It was people standing up and repeating the things he said and throwing their arms in the air. It was it was not like a comedy show at all. So what I'm saying is, in a smaller way than Donald Trump, we got a taste of what was to come with Andrew Dice Clay. Now, I kind of feel sorry for the guy. He made the wrong choice. The 90s were, 80s and 90s were a different time. He was able to get away with a lot more. He'd never be able to do it now. But it was weird, the dynamic of the people in the audiences. And even Andrew Dice Clay got a little afraid about it because these people would repeat things and he'd talk about slapping his girl around or doing whatever to people of color. And while none of that ever happened in the shows, it certainly did push these people in the wrong direction. But people were on fire watching this guy. They were screaming and yelling, unlike any comedy show. Now, he made a lot of money, but as soon as people started pushing back, well, then his career went to shit. People said, you can't do that. And his career went to shit. But we should have maybe taken that as a warning. You start yelling this crazy shit. There's going to be a certain faction of people out there that say, yeah, that's what I believe, and I'm going to do that same thing. You made it okay, so I'm going to say it. I'm probably the only person you know of that would make the comparison between Donald Trump and Andrew Dice Clay, and it's not so much about the the the, the central characters, Donald Trump and Andrew Dice Clay. It's about us. It's about the audience, how we react to certain things. And it looks like to me, after watching this show and realizing this, that the people that that watched Andrew Clay and got so inspired and fired up at his concerts, I'm guessing they're the same people 
that are doing the same thing with Donald Trump. Andrew Dice Clay comes out, they feel comfortable, in the, in the, at least in the concerts, and they go out and say what they're going to say. And then after that, when everything got shut down with Andrew Dice Clay, they went back under the rocks. And they stayed there for a long time, until 2016. Donald Trump becomes president. These fuckers come slithering back out from under their rocks, and they start screaming this bullshit and getting violent. It's weird. It's not so much a study on people like Trump and Andrew Dice Clay. It's more of a study on the people of this country. Now, most people in this country are good people, but we have enough people that are racist, anti-Semitic, misogynistic, violent, bullies. We have enough of those people in this country. All they need is a little encouragement, incitement. Andrew Dice Clay did it in the 80s and 90s. Then Donald Trump did it again in 2016 and henceforth up till this time, 2022. We should take note of that. If we've got those kinds of people in this country, we need to protect this country from those fucking people. How you do it, I don't know. I'm just a podcast guy. I'm not a president or a senator or, or a, uh, a representative. But that should tell us something. All we have to do is figure out what incites people. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, that's kind of what I did, too, in a hopefully more positive way. When I started doing the TikToks and then the podcast, I'm an old guy. Uh, People make an assumption about me being a boomer, so I must be a racist and all this stuff. So I do the TikToks, and I do the podcast, and it's much different. And I did that with some real intention. First of all, I'm too lazy to do anything fucking creative. But I thought, okay, let's just make a test here. Let's test this out. As much as boomers are being uh, accused of being all these things, racist and anti-Semitic and such, I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be other people like me out there that think the same way. They maybe aren't as outspoken as I am, but they are out there. So I said, I'm just going to do this and see what kind of crowd we can get. And of course, on TikTok, uh, I guess I'm up over 170,000, which is fucking amazing for an old man that can't dance, sing, and, and, and can't do a thirst trap. That's fucking amazing. And then to do a podcast, it is amazing how fast we're getting listeners and such. I mean, it's really kind of bringing together the dreams I've always wanted to do, and now I get to do them here. But in what I'm doing, I'm trying to hit a specific crowd, basically. Now, we have some younger people that listen to the podcast, and I thank you for that. I'm very flattered that you listen. But there are a lot of good people in this world, and if we can bring them together, much like Andrew Dice Clay did with the bad people, or Donald Trump with the bad people, Maybe we can have a similar but positive effect. At least I'm hoping that's the case. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of bad people in this country. We got to keep their mouths shut because as soon as they talk, all the other fucking crazies come out from under their rocks and start waving their flags and threatening violence. That's the key to this. We need to keep the bad shit out of the narrative, shit that nobody should be saying, because there's always going to be a faction of people who want to follow that and will feel comfortable in showing their colors once some leader, Donald Trump or Andrew Dice Clay or any of them for that matter, Jim Jordan, whoever the fuck, they'll feel comfortable and they will come out. If we want to, we can't, we can't eradicate it completely But we can push it back down where it belongs, where it should not be in society. All right, we will take a quick break and we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
All right. A federal judge in Florida told the Justice Department on Saturday to provide her with more specific information about the classified records removed from former President Donald Trump's Florida estate and said it was her preliminary intent to appoint a special master in the case. Well, this is weird. It's not going to cause any problems. It's just another delay tag. It's, it's more bullshit. But here's, here's what's troubling about this case. This judge said this before the DOJ filed any motion against this. She hasn't even heard what the DOJ says, but she's making this preliminary intent. Now, keep in mind, this judge was was um, put in her job by Donald Trump. So it's conceivable she's one of these crazy fucking Trumplicants, which will make this whole thing more difficult. So she's getting a lot of backlash now, and it'll be interesting to see how well she's able to weather that storm. I doubt she will be. But the idea that she's thinking about giving a special master in the case, which isn't a crazy, unusual thing for anybody to do. But uh, um, the fact that she's doing it at this point is a little troubling. And as I say, she's getting some backlash about it. The two-page order from the U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon signals that she's inclined to grant a request from Trump's lawyers, who this week asked for the appointment of an independent special master to oversee the review, the records taken from Mar-a-Lago, and identify any that may be protected by executive privilege and to ensure the return of any documents outside the scope of the search warrant. So, this goes to what Donald Trump had said before. He says, I want them back, but he wants them all back because he thinks he owns them. Well, that's not the case. What, he's, what this judge is concerned about and, and what Donald Trump's lawyers have said, that there is some executive privilege. Well, first of all, there is no executive privilege. The only person that can extend executive privilege is the sitting president of the United States. And as much as Mike Lindell and all these other fucks want to say, Donald Trump is not president. That's Joe Biden's call, and he's not protecting anything. They might be looking at some things that might be uh, attorney-client privilege. I mean, something like that could be pulled out. I just don't know how this, this judge thinks they're going to find any executive privilege when Donald Trump isn't the president, and it clearly states that the only person who can assert executive privilege is a sitting president. It just all seems a little weird. I, I wouldn't get upset about it like this is going to shoot it in the ass. It's not. This investigation has gone very deep. And as I told you, when they first grabbed the documents, it seems like there's something even bigger. And now when we're hearing about uh, uh, documents concerning nuclear weapons giving up the names of um, foreign assets. Donald Trump's not slipping out of this. This is just a stupid little delay tactic. I have a feeling this woman might backtrack, this judge might backtrack on this insinuation that she made because she's going to get a lot of fucking heat for it. All right, the judge scheduled a Thursday hearing to discuss the matter further, suggesting the Justice Department will have a chance to raise objection to the judge's intentions. In other recent high-profile cases in which a special master has been appointed, the person has been a former judge. Here's the thing, though. Whoever they assign as a special uh, master better have the highest clearance when it comes to those documents. They can't just let anybody sit down and say, yeah, this is good, this is good, this isn't ba- this is bad. This person has to have the highest of all clearances, and most people don't have that. So how are you going to find a judge with all those clearances? And if they want to clear a judge, that'll take months and months and months, and that won't happen. 
Cannon also directed the Justice Department to file under seal with her more detailed descriptions of the material taken from Trump's estate, specifying all property seized. The former president's lawyers have complained that the investigators did not disclose enough information to them about what specific documents were removed when the agents executed a search warrant on August 8th to look for classified documents. This is weird to me. Donald Trump's lawyers are trying to say, what documents did you take? Well, you had the fucking documents for 19 months. Who would know what's missing better than you dumb motherfuckers? The special master appointment, if it happens, is unlikely to significantly affect the direction of the Justice Department's investigation, though it's possible an outside review of the documents could slow the probe down, which is the whole point of what Donald Trump is trying to do. It's always what he does. But here's the thing. No matter how much he tries to slow things down, he can't do away with it. I mean, it's such a childish thing. You're going to get nailed one way or another. You can't do the things you've done. This traitorous behavior, you cannot do that and not expect some uh, retribution or, or some kind of accountability. And I'll tell you now, I'm not an expert. You don't have to believe anything I say. But based on what I know and looking at the facts and listening to the people who do know, I will tell you there is no question in my mind that on this topic, in these crimes, Donald Trump will be indicted. Think about this. Here's a guy that helped to incite an overthrow of this country, an attempted overthrow, an attempted coup. He was behind it. And that will come out in the January 6th hearings coming up next month and in the uh, grand jury for the January 6th proceedings. That's going to come out. And then you throw in the fact that he's taken documents, stolen documents from the White House, took them to Mar-a-Lago, was asked to give them back. He gave back some and then said he didn't have any more. But the FBI finds out he lied and they take them out of there, too. And now we're hearing about these spies dying. Uh, Russia said, oh, yeah, we saw all that stuff. I mean, you've got to think about this. As I said in the previous part of the show, um, we're worried about him having them for 19 months. But it sounds like he was fucking with these things since the moment he got into office. Remember, he had that little conversation in the Oval Office with some Russian uh, people. One of them is a known spy, and he accidentally on purpose let slip some top secret information about Israel. That happened. And then, of course, uh, um, he had all those meetings, private meetings, unprecedented private meetings with Vladimir Putin, not to mention his trip to North Korea to meet his boyfriend, Kim Jong-un. And then you throw in the fact that he was at that little dance party at Saudi Arabia. And keep in mind what Stephanie Grisham said. Everywhere he went outside the country, he brought these boxes of documents, which is highly illegal and suggests traitorous behavior. It's fucking amazing to me. Now, former prosecutors, Synthony Elksney, and Glenn Kirshner sounded the alarm about the judge who granted Donald Trump's demand for a special master to review the documents at Mar-a-Lago for any possible attorney-client privilege while speaking on MSNBC. Now, Kirshner pointed out that never, never in his 30 years practicing law has he ever seen a judge make a ruling before she heard from the opposing side. Apparently, she's doing that Thursday, but she inkled that she was going to assign a special judge. I went back and looked at U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon's order, and here is what she said, Kirshner began. Before I read this one sentence, Michael, mind you that she entered this tentative order before the Department of Justice prosecutors even had an opportunity to weigh in on the issue. She said, quote, the court hereby provides notice of its preliminary intent to appoint a special master in this case. And she has only heard from Trump's defense team, as I said earlier. He said that's never that he's never heard a judge announce a tentative ruling before both parties have been heard. 
He went on to say, I think this indicates a judge who has extraordinarily poor judgment at best and at worst is uh, biased in favor of Donald Trump, he continued. As a footnote, I think it is worth mentioning that she was confirmed by the Senate, Mitch McConnell's Senate, after Donald Trump lost the presidential election. Elksney straight up called it pandering. I think that this is a legal term for this garbage. She went on to say there likely won't be a so-called special master appointed. The government seems to be indicating that they have already searched through the documents with those who have the appropriate level of clearance. The appointment of a special master would mean that they had to find someone who has the highest level of clearance to handle such documents in a secure facility. The problem, however, is there is no special master for executive privilege cases. The Justice Department is likely to appeal the decision to a higher court and uh, that will override Judge Aileen Cannon and likely publicly humiliate her. Well, that's good news. So even if she decides for the special master, they'll appeal it just like Donald Trump and the Republicans always do, and she will lose. So Elksney explained, I do not think there will be a special master. He has requested a special master basically because Rudy got one in the attorney-client case. This isn't an attorney-client privilege case. They've cited the wrong statues as they're trying to appoint the special master. There is no special master in executive privilege cases. And in Presidential Records Act, executive privilege cases must be filed in D.C. This is filed in fucking Florida. So it is in the wrong jurisdiction and there is no special master for classified information cases. So I think it's only a matter of time when the pandering ends by the Trump judge that there will not be a special master and that this is a delay tactic. Exactly. Kirshner went on to say pandering is kind of a nice characterization. There's also the possibility of an obstruction of a justice charge. Trump may have escaped accountability under the obstruction of Robert Mueller's probe, but he had no longer enjoys the protection of the executive branch and the Justice Department's decision not to indict a sitting president. Kirshner called the likely charges of obstruction more than a possibility. You know, that's the thing we talked about in a previous podcast. Um, as much as they want to say, meaning the Trump want to say that Donald Trump was exonerated by the Mueller report, that is so far from true, it's ridiculous. In that report, it showed that he committed at least 10 occasions of obstruction of justice, for which anybody who did that could go to jail for a long, long, I think obstruction of justice is like 20 years, and he's got fucking two, 10 of them. But he was protected because he was president, and he had a DOJ led by William Barr that covered his ass. And we know that William Barr is getting some heat now for his bullshit memorandum and that he fucking essentially lied. The National Archives and Records Administration has become yet another target of threats in the wake of attacks by former President Donald Trump, after the FBI seized the documents in Mar-a-Lago. See, this is what's happening. And this is why they wanted the um, affidavit um, redacted. Because everybody from the January 6th committee witnesses down uh, uh, down to the FBI and now the National Archives all these toothless, dumb fucking Trumplefucks start making threats against people's lives. That's who these people are. These people are the worst of the worst. As I've said in a TikTok, they need to be eradicated. We need to take, I, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say, we got to pull the teeth out of these guys. But uh, I think nature has already done that for the most part. But we've got to push them down and push them aside so they can't continue to wreak havoc and cause chaos in our country. After Trump unleashed a torrent of invective against an agency widely viewed as librarians like and uh, apolitical, police increased patrols around the National Archives building in Washington, D.C. due to a troubling spike in online chatter about the facility. 
Now, like I said, they're going to talk all day because they're tough guy bullies. But are they going to do anything? Fuck no. They're cowards, and they will get taken down so fucking quickly. It'll be ridiculous. It was the National Archives that ultimately set in motion the FBI search of Miralago when it alerted the Department of Justice last year about concerns that Trump had not turned over all White House documents to the agency at the end of his term, as the Presidential Record Act requires. Now, the National Archives did everything they could. They said, hey, you got some stuff. Can we come get it? And they said, sure. It comes down, gets 15 boxes. But then they quickly realized that he has more. And he says, they say, listen, we need to get the rest of them, too. You can't have this shit. It's illegal. And, of course, what does Donald Trump and his lawyers say? Oh, no, we don't have any more. And that's where they left it. This went on for like seven months they were trying to get this. So the idea that all you had to do was ask is fucking ridiculous. They had to fight to get that. And in the end, they had to send the FBI in to search his house before they got any of this shit back. So this guy was purposely trying to obstruct the FBI and the National Archives. Now, earlier this month, the FBI seized several boxes of material, as we know. Trump later ran it in an attack on NARA that all anyone had to do was simply ask for the documents, but communications included in the affidavit supported the search. See, they wanted the affidavit out there, but the fact of the matter is, is the affidavit comes out, and it shows in no uncertain terms that they had been trying. They did try to act nice. They probably give them more sway than anybody else would have gotten. They didn't want to cause trouble. So <laughs> so they use this as an excuse, and obviously it's a lie, because everything they fucking say is a lie. So now the National Archives is getting death threats. We've got the FBI getting death threats. We're getting witnesses that um, speak out at the January 6th committee. And no doubt uh, people who are testifying at the grand juries with the DOJ. And what they call this is witness tampering. I've said this a hundred times, so I'll say it a fucking again. Witness tampering is such a weak explanation about what's going on. These are actual death threats against the people testifying and their families. That's not witness tampering. That's fucking terrorism. Now, according to the former deputy assistant director of FBI's counterintelligence division, a myriad of foreign intelligence services were and are still focused on getting access to Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort, which makes the shocking revelation that he kept top secret documents there even more disturbing. That's the thing. Mar-a-Lago isn't a secure facility by any means. He had this stuff stored in a basement, and when he really wanted to get secure-minded, he put a fucking padlock on it. But they've had people going in and out of here all the fucking time. Nobody's been checked. Nobody's checking backgrounds. Anybody who wants to walk into Mar-a-Lago can fucking walk into Mar-a-Lago. Now, ex-FBI agent Peter Struck said that the Florida resort was a hotbed of intrigue. Um, Do you agree that it is a possibility that the Russians, especially with that very tight, cozy connection that the Russians have had through Vladimir Putin with Donald Trump, that they would have been interested and possibly tried to infiltrate Mar-a-Lago to get some of that data? Uh, Katie Fang asked from MSNBC, Uh, Strzok said, Katie, absolutely. The Russians, but not just Russians, the former FBI official replied. Any competent foreign intelligence service, whether those belong to China, those belong to Iran, Cuba, certainly including Russia, are all interested in gaining access to Mar-a-Lago. He continued, which especially considering the information coming out right now about the absolute lack of any control of memorialization of who gets access to Mar-a-Lago at any given time, particularly in the context of the fact it appears the classified documents were strewn all over the facility and not just in a storage room. They're all over the place. They're mixed in with fucking magazines and notes and all this other 
fucking bullshit. Classified documents were recovered from his office, from his office, from the Pine Hall, from a multitude of places, he elaborated. So if you're a foreign intelligence service, yes, of course, regardless of the knowledge of classified documents being there, the intelligence services are going to have been trying to gain access. And we know Donald Trump thinks they're all his buddies. So, oh, want to have a little fucking viewing party? We'll get some finger sandwiches and some drinks and we'll all look over the top secret documents. It'll be fun. That sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but but the way that Donald Trump does, does things, it's not that fucking crazy. It's really not that fucking crazy. All right, uh, there are a lot of Republicans who appeared on Sunday morning news shows. And there's a change in the way they're talking. They're making it clear that they're not comfortable with Donald Trump's latest scandal. Monday begins the third week since the FBI executed a search warrant at Trump's golf club in Palm Beach. What they recovered was a cache of government documents that Trump stole to take with him upon leaving the White House. A number of the documents were so top secret that the government has been unable to describe them to the public. They can't tell anybody. Now, of course, since then, the scandal's grown into such a substantial issue that Republican officials note it has become difficult for the 2022 campaign. In a Sunday evening rant on his social media site, Trump alleged the whole issue was an attempt by the Democrats to win the election. The problem with this argument, however, is that the effort by the National Archives began in May of 2021. For seven months, he refused to turn over documents. So that's not actually uh, an attempt to win an election. It's well before the election. Now, by the time he did it, it was discovered that he had stolen classified information that he wouldn't release. That's the key. He wouldn't give it back. The Justice Department filed a subpoena, but Trump ignored the subpoena. Finally, 14, minute, 14 months after the initial contact, the DOJ filed a search warrant and took the documents back. Now, if Trump had simply complied with the subpoena, the case likely wouldn't have seen the light of day. We wouldn't even known about the search other than Donald Trump announced it on his social media. Piece of shit. Only after Trump refused to turn over the stolen information did the FBI show up. Even then, they didn't wear jackets with a FBI across the back. It wasn't even revealed that they were there until Trump, as I say, revealed it himself. So you can see the U.S. government was trying to come at this pretty easily, trying to give him a break. But of course, as I've said many times before, all you have to do is let Donald Trump talk or let Donald Trump act. And guess what? He will fuck it up. As he's done from day one in 2016 to now, he has always made situations worse for himself. That's why, you know, in these processes, we should let that fucker talk because he'll bury himself. Republican Representative Mike Turner, who sits on the House Intelligence Committee, told Fox News that Trump was lying about documents documents being declassified. On uh, Sunday to, or speaking on Sunday to ABC's This Week, outgoing Senator Roy Blunt said that Trump should have turned the documents over to begin with. What I wonder about is why they, why this could go on for almost two years, less than 100 days before the election. Suddenly, we're talking about this rather than the economy or the inflation or even the student loan program, Blunt complained. The answer, of course, is that Trump refused to turn over the documents for the last 15 months. Representative Mike Turner um, agreed with that statement. Now, see, that's, that's the thing. These guys are trying to back away, but they are still trying to save their shit and still be Donald Trump's buddy. Governor Chris Sununu, Republican from New Hampshire, said on CNN, You think this is a coincidence just happening a few months before the midterm elections? Coincidence? No. 
Do you think it's a coincidence that Donald Trump stole all these documents? What, what should, should we just let it go until after the election? Risk our national security? Is that what we should do, Chris? Fuck you, Chris. That's what I was talking about with governors in this country. We've got a lot of problems with many governors. It's unclear why Trump refused to comply with the subpoena after years of negotiating with the government. Since the scandal, Trump has been raising buckets of cash, proclaiming himself as a victim, of course, of the government coming for his documents. His documents. They are not his documents, no matter what any Republican says. They are property of the U.S. government. (sighs) Man. It's all about distraction, diversion, and nothing about truth. Nothing about truth. The U.S. intelligence community will assess the potential risk to national security of disclosure of materials recovered in the August 8th search. See, that's, that's the bigger issue here. It's not even the theft that Donald Trump did or the potentially treasonous behavior that he did. Because this all went on, and it probably went on for six years, not 19 months, as we hear the things coming out now, the U.S. government has to try to assess how much damage has been done. We know a bunch of spies are dying. That's got to be directly connected to Donald Trump and his fucking behavior and what he's willing to do. But there are so many problems that this could create. We have to assess that damage. And a lot of that may have an impact on what's done with Donald Trump ultimately. The letter dated Friday from National Intelligence Director Avril Haynes to the House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff and Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney also said the Justice Department and DNI are working together to facilitate a classification review of materials, including those recovered in the search. Schiff and Maloney said in a joint statement they were pleased the government was assessing the damage caused by improper storage of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The Justice Department on Friday disclosed that it was investigating Trump for removing White House records because it believed he illegally held documents, including some involving intelligence gathering and clandestine human sources. Those are among America's closely held secrets. Human sources. Those are spies. Those are American assets or foreign assets working for America. If they are outed, they fucking die. They kill them. There's no question about it. It's not trials. It's not going to jail. They fucking kill them. And we know by way of the CIA that there's been an inordinate amount of spies killed. So is Donald Trump responsible for those deaths? You can fucking bet on it. A spokesman for Trump, Taylor Butowich, accused Schiff of being reckless with the U.S. intelligence and asserted Democrats had weaponized the intel community against President Trump with selective and dishonest leaks. Leaks, motherfucker. You're the ones that had it in a fucking basement. The Justice Department on Friday released a heavily redacted affidavit, as we know. And... uh, In the affidavit, an unidentified FBI agent said the agency reviewed and identified 184 documents bearing classification markings. All of them should be in secure locations. Some of these markings, uh, some of these uh, documents containing national defense information after Trump in January returned 15 boxes of government records sought by the National Archives. Other records in those boxes Uh, according to the affidavit, bore handwritten notes by Donald Trump. Like I've said before, we know Donald Trump knew what he had, so the intent is there. We know this because multiple witnesses have told us they saw him going through the boxes and reading the documents. We also know this because there are handwritten notes in Donald Trump's hand on said documents. So there's no question that he knew they were there, what they were, and he probably had some good ideas of what to do. Again, 
He's all buddy-buddy with all these authoritarian dictators. He always had these little secret meetings that nobody could know about. Stephanie Grisham tells us he carried these documents when he went out of the country. The question is, why isn't this motherfucker in jail now? He is a danger to this country. As much as they think they got all the documents out of Mar-a-Lago, who knows for sure? Who knows if he didn't make Xerox copies of all these motherfuckers? Or who knows, maybe he's handed them out everywhere, made copies, and now all our adversarial countries know exactly what those documents say. As I said, they have to figure out what the damage is. I don't know how they're going to do that because these adversarial countries aren't going to say, oh yeah, I got this, this is what we got, that's what we got. I don't know how they're going to figure this out, but I trust Merrick Garland and the DOJ to dig this out. When they went into his house to take these documents, we knew it wouldn't be good. But the things we're finding out now, I I don't think any of us had any realization of just how bad it could be and how dangerous it has been for this country. It's absolutely frightening to know this is happening. If it was just happening with anybody doing it, it would be terrifying. But when our very own President of the United States goes rogue, becomes a treasonist, and does this to the country, that is particularly frightening. That's why I say there's no question this guy's going to be indicted. You can't set this precedence for future presidents. If they think they can get away with anything at any time, even when they're out of the presidential office, it's going to wreak havoc with our government. It's going to be a problem because I please trust that somebody else will try it. And it's not even necessarily a Republican. It could be a Democrat down the road. There has to be... There has to be some accountability for this with Donald Trump. And in my mind, I have no question that he's going to be indicted on this topic. And in addition, I think there's an excellent chance that he's going to be indicted in Georgia as well. We get those two things happening. Donald Trump is going to get fucking buried. And all his little trump will scurry back under their rocks. And hopefully we can start to heal in this country. All right. We're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time. I'm always amazed how you'll take an hour or so out of your day just to sit and listen, and I appreciate it immensely. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.